Welcome to the Mother Together podcast. This is Tiana. This is Arielle. And we're two moms empowering other mamas not to settle in their motherhood, relationships, careers, and self-worth. We have Dallas with us today, and we're so excited to have her share her story with you guys today and hopefully touch some of the mamas that are in our community. We know Dallas through our Laptop and Littles program. She's been amazing. She actually is the one that suggested we connect with Vicki, who you guys heard from last week, and kind of this whole month was um, a product of that. So thank you, Dallas, for that, and we're so excited to chat with you today. So yeah, I'll let you introduce yourself. Okay. Yeah. So my name is Dallas Haithcock. Um, yes, I did meet the ladies through Laptops and Littles. I started my own business um, as an executive assistant through there. And basically I seen their podcast and I, when I seen that y'all were looking for new ideas, I really thought about doing the infertility because honestly, it's not something that gets talked about. Women are assumed, like very ashamed of it. I, well, I got married young. I got married at 19 years old and I was not ready to have kids. So I didn't really start trying to have kids until I was around 21. So of course, like you go to your doctor, which I was always like super regular in my doctor, like every year and nothing was ever flagged. I mean, I've always had like irregular periods, but they never like said anything. And they apparently like, I guess they just didn't really know or they didn't look into it. Well, then um, I kept on having irregular periods and they give you like first, I think they said you can try for six months and then you come back. So I did that. And we did blood work. Well, the only thing they found was I had very low progesterone. Well, for most people that don't know, progesterone is like super important in order to get pregnant and carry a baby. If you don't have it, you will miscarry. And so my, I just naturally, like my body just doesn't make enough of it. Okay. And so the first gyno I had, like, I will say she was not the best. So I do suggest any women that are going through it. You need to follow your instincts. If you don't think your doctor's helping you get there, then you need to find somebody who is going to help you. Yeah, for sure. We kind of learned that with Vicki last week too. Mm -hmm. Yes. So the only thing she said was, I'll give you some progesterone pills, you know, and that was pretty much it. She was like, I'm not really going to do anything else for you um, unless your husband wants to come in and do a sperm analysis. And I'm like, how does that help me? Because we know I'm the problem, right? Why do we need him first before you'll do anything for me? So I just kind of went home and we just kept trying and trying. And honestly, like I was just praying about it and I didn't know what to do. I was so new to it. And honestly, I didn't tell anybody about it. Um, I didn't talk to my family and actually till this day, most of my family never knew I went through it. Wow. Yeah. And only a couple of my friends, like really close friends knew I was going through it during the time. Other than that, like, I really like my sisters don't know my grandparents don't know because you're embarrassed. Honestly, as a woman, you feel like you were, you were made to become like, you were made to have babies. You were made to be a mama. And when you're going through this and you realize that you can't get pregnant. The only thing you think of is like, how can I not have a baby? Honestly, like it puts you like really depressed. And I stayed like, I'm a super positive person. Like I don't get depressed. And this was the first time that I really got depressed. I remember just sitting around at home. Like my husband works night, he worked night shift. And like, I would just cry mm -hmm. and cry. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to talk to people because I feel like people look at you like, other women that can get like, you know, you hear people say, oh yeah, I just got pregnant my first month or my second yeah. month. 
And then it makes you feel like you're broken because it's like, how can they get pregnant and you can't, you don't, you know, like you go. And plus I was young. So I was like, I can't, I mean, I'm 21. Like how am I already having issues at 21? So I just kept on and kept on. And yeah, I finally started researching more gynos. And I was like, you know, it's time for me to find another doctor. So I just went ahead and I went to that appointment and I went by myself. My husband was at work. And at this point, I still did not have, you know, I didn't tell anybody. Um, I think actually I talked to my mom and dad the weekend before finally, and this was two years in my infertility journey before I even changed my doctor. And before I told my parents, I finally went to a new doctor and I did not know that she was an infertility doctor. I just went to her for a gyno and she actually does infertility as well. And she was amazing. Um, So basically like back previously, when I was saying that I had blood work done, they found low progesterone. Well, they tested me for PCOS and the doctor said I did not have it. I just had low progesterone level. Well, she didn't do anything but blood work. So when I went to this doctor, I was like, look, like I have already Googled every single thing. I have done a lot of research myself. Like, I really think that y'all need to do an ultrasound of my ovaries because I think I do have cysts all over them. And so the doctor was like, wonderful. Like, she was like, I don't understand why that woman has not done that yet. Like, yeah, we're going to, you know, so within that first appointment, she already had me like, of course, it's all emotional. So she already lined up my appointment to get an ultrasound of my ovaries. She looked at my test and she diagnosed me with PCOS in that appointment. Um, my ovaries were, co- my ovaries are covered in cysts, which meant I was not ovulating at all. So obviously wow. without ovulating, you're, there's no chance of getting pregnant. And you're like, just learning this. Yes. Two you. years in, I'm just finding out that I'm not ovulating. That's crazy. Yeah. So I'm upset and I'm like, okay, so what do I need to do? Well, for any women that is going through this, you know, insurance does not cover anything infertility related, nothing. Yeah. So everything at this appointment is coming out of my pocket along with anything else I decide to do. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and talked to him about next steps and everything. And I went home and had to talk to my husband. And honestly, like we kind of just prayed about it and like, we decided, okay, we're going to go ahead and go with the next step, which I would have to go through some infertility treatments. Um, they, so basically like the first round they do, they put me on some medication. Um, actually I had like some medication for like five to seven days. And then after that you swap to something else and then you go back, you go back to the infertility doctor and they look at you and see if you have any follicles ready, which are eggs. Mm -hmm. And, um, so basically I was like, nervous because some women don't have them, you know, ready. And it could take months for them to be ready, but I had two ready. So I was like super excited. And of course, like there is a a slightly higher chance of you having twins and triplets when you do this. So, but you know, at that point I was like, I don't even care. Like, let's just drop them eggs. So (laughs) I didn't even care. I was like, I don't care if I have one or two, I just want a baby. Yeah. And so, yeah, we did the shot and So yeah, they told me, you know, we'll come back. Well, I think it was like 10 days from that point before you even do a pregnancy test. So I had already seen so many negative tests. Like I hated taking pregnancy tests, to be honest with you. Like I hated it. And I think I probably took like hundreds of tests 
through the two years Mm -hmm. because my period was never regular. I would go three months without a period, had no reason why, like I wasn't pregnant. So what's going on? And I had no answers the whole time. And so finally, so I started taking some tests and I had a couple faint positives, but like I had a lot more negatives than positive. So I had already told myself like, okay, there's no way I'm pregnant. Like my hormones are just crazy because I just started this medicine too. So it's kind of like people that say you have all these symptoms in early pregnancy. Well, I don't really know what symptoms I'm having because I'm on all these new drugs. Exactly. Yeah. But my husband's like, look, you're pregnant. Like you just need to chill. At this point, I'm like, listen, Jonathan, you just need to hush. Like, yeah. you don't like I need to see a baby <laughs> yeah. on, on an ultrasound. Exactly. And like, so we went ahead. Well, I went ahead and made an appointment to go to the doctor because honestly, I had like these episodes. It happened like three times within a week where like my sugar level just like dropped like dramatically. And like, I feel like I was about to pass out and I was like, what the heck is going on? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if it was a side effect from the drugs or not. So I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and make an appointment. We're going to go to the doctor. And I had brought my test in there and like the nurses kind of sat down with me and they're like, you know, you, since they made me do a P test in the office and it was negative. So they went ahead and had that conversation with me and was like, you know, um, you probably, it's probably just an evaporated line. Like you're just gonna have to keep trying. And like, I know this has been a long journey. Like they were trying to comfort me and which was fine, but I'm just bawling my eyes out because like at that point, like they just told, like, to me, it was like, they were telling me like, you're not pregnant. Like your P test, you're not pregnant. Nothing else would help. Exactly. So that's all I heard. And I was like, can we please do some blood work? And they were like, yeah, we'll do it if that's what you really want to do. And I was like, yeah, I think I just need to know. And so we did blood work, which takes two days to come back. Right. And we left the office. And I just remember like me and my husband were talking, we went to get something to eat. um, And I was just like upset. I was like, look, it didn't happen this time, but this, you know, this doctor, like she was amazing. Like she actually prayed with me. Like she was the best doctor and I highly recommend her. Like she was amazing. And she has PCOS herself. She went through the same thing. So it was great being able to just talk to her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very cool. And we were sitting in the, I remember sitting in the restaurant and I was like, look, I'm about to order me a beer because I need it. (laughs) And my husband's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, why can I not have a beer? He's like, because you're pregnant. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like I was getting kind of pissed because I'm like, listen, I have already seen this negative. The doctor's like pretty much, not the doctors, but the nurse is like pretty much already like, you're not pregnant. And I was like, you just need to stop. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you're not drinking anything until we get that blood work back, which would be on a Friday. You're like, no, I'm I'm about to check out a little bit here. (laughs) I was like, whatever. So I was like kind of pissed about that. Cause like the girl, I just needed a beer. Like I just yeah. needed something. And cause I was crying. I was like, just give me something. Yeah. So I remember that morning I got up and my tests were posted, but like, I didn't really understand them. So yeah, you never do. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, so as soon as I got to work, like I called, I called the doctor's office the moment they opened and I was like, can you please explain these to me? And like somebody called me back, of course, like two hours later. Yeah. And the whole time I'm like freaking out, like, can you please just tell me? And when they call, whenever they call me back, they said, so we got your test results and it turns out you are pregnant. And I bawled. I was inside of my office job and I was bawling. And Honestly, like, I don't know how my husband just knew because that was the only time he was 100% sure I was pregnant. 
I remember, I know I feel like I'm getting emotional already because it was like so sad, but um, I still like, I think it took me a little bit more convincing to like really believe it because I had so many negatives. I was like, you know, this just, it's, I don't know, like I need to see more and which they already wanted me to come back up there and get blood work because having low progesterone, you know, I, I was at a higher risk for miscarrying. So they prescribed me some uh, progesterone pills and I had to take that my whole entire first trimester. So I took it until I was 14 weeks pregnant um, just so I can, you know, not miscarry the baby. Mm. And honestly, I don't think it really, really hit me that I was pregnant until I seen the ultrasound and seen a heartbeat. And then I like lost it again. Of course, it was like a bunch of emotions. I have a little girl. How old is she now? She just turned a year old, um, March 17th. She's a mess, but not as a little girl. They yeah. all are. He was like, I just want a little girl so bad. And like, I was uh-huh. all team boy. Yeah, uh-huh. that's how I was after my first girl. But I originally wanted all boys. But, you know. No, oh, I was opposite. I cried when I, when they were like, he's, it's a boy. I cried and I cried. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want a boy. It's <laughs> funny. <laughs> Oh, Quincy's so sweet. Yeah, he is. That's awesome. Well, that, so that's crazy that you went so long and hadn't told your parents. So how did they, how were they when you told them and did they kind of go through it with you or were you still quiet after that? So they were, they were more supportive. Um, My mom was like, you know, constantly asking questions and like, So PCS, um, they say it can be hereditary. Well, you know, my mom never suffered, like never had any issues. And one reason why I didn't want to tell her is because, you know, like she always joked around about all me and your dad, like we just talked about having a baby and I was pregnant, like, you know, Mm -hmm. so hearing that it's like, I don't want to tell you that I'm having problems and you just got pregnant from that. Mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like also I feel like you know the reason why women don't tell their family that they're going through it is that it puts more pressure on you because they're mm-hmm. constantly asking you when are you having yep. a baby when are you having a-? and it's a lot like it really is when you're already going through that yourself mm-hmm. it's like please just stop asking me that question yeah like it stresses you out mm-hmm. even more yes what are some things that people might have said to you that they might have met well or even after after you tell this, your story and they respond, what are some things that maybe people said that they meant well, but it kind of, it landed the wrong way. I would say like, okay, during all of this, when I was going through it, the one thing that I really hated hearing is people being like, oh, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen when it's like, you don't know. There's a lot of women that have stories out there that never got pregnant. Right. So, you know, it's like, of course you can be as supportive as possible. And like, you know, I would say like, if you, if you have a family member or somebody going through it, like just pray and be supportive for them, but don't tell them it's going to happen because yeah. we're tired of hearing it. Yeah. Oh, I bet. At least to me, like statements like that always feel like a blow off. Like, well, I, I don't really know what to say, but I want to say something. So I'm going to say this, mm-hmm. but it's uncomfortable for me to really talk about or just sit there with you in, you know, your grief. And so they say something like that to almost like make themselves feel better too but there's not really any like fruit out of that statement. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It kind of does feel like, you know, when somebody says that to you, they're just, like you said, I think it's kind of just like, they're just trying to respond and they, they haven't went through it. So they don't know what to say. And I understand that. And like, I know they did not mean any harm from it, but it's the fact that like you, like I probably got told that like 
probably at least 50 times. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm like, can you please just stop? Cause that was always yeah. the response. It's going to happen. Well, I am so happy that it happened for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that. that you were willing to share your story. Is there anything that else that you want to share or um, say to ladies that might be going through infertility struggles or have friends that are going through it? Yeah, I would say to just don't try to stay to yourself because it makes it worse for one. The stress is all on you. You're going to cry. You're going to be upset and you're going to, you know, you're going to look down on yourself. You're going to ask God why you can't have a baby. Um, one thing that I know I did is like, I would look up Bible verses like crazy. Cause there's so many out there that helps when you're like, that is made like around the fact of like women trying to conceive. Mm-hmm. And also like, you need to find a friend. You have to talk to somebody, yeah. even if they've not been through it, or, you know, maybe even find like, there's so many pages, like Facebook pages and stuff out there where like women that are, that do have infertility Mm -hmm. the thing is is like it doesn't get talked about anymore and honestly like this is the first time I've ever told my story out like this and it's because as a woman you're embarrassed you don't want people to think you ever struggled you want them to just think oh she got pregnant you know you don't want them to know what you had to go through to have a baby yeah I would love to know what bible verse you kind of like held on to yeah um actually hold on let me look it up if you don't mind it's okay yeah what, like, I'd be curious, like, what did, did your conversations with God look like during that time? Cause I know a lot of people have, uh, it's hard for them to wrap their heads around being like angry with God. So I would come home and I was always like at nighttime was the time I was always alone because like I said, my husband worked night shift and I just remember sitting in here and like crying. And a lot of times I would be crying over a negative test. And like, I would just be asking God, like, why can't I have a baby? Like, why would you not give me a baby? Like, it's like, you just start questioning yourself and you question your faith because you're like, why are you not giving this to me? This is, you know, you know how long I've wanted this. And honestly, the whole time, even after I was pregnant, I would pray every single day over my baby, the whole pregnancy, because I was just hoping that I would not miscarry. Oh, I bet. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing that that's what I can't imagine. Like your story, doesn't really end with, oh, I, I'm pregnant, you know, because mm-hmm. you you probably carry that fear up until you're holding the baby, you know, in your arms. And honestly, like, even as a mom, I feel like you never like fully like worried about your child, but right. you're in the pregnancy. Like, yeah. Cause like I said, I was already told that it's going to be a higher risk because my progesterone was so low. It just makes you think like, of course, like me and my husband want to have another one in the next year or two. And we're like, I just don't know like what all I'm going to have to go through. And like, it's a conversation that we actually want to sit, like we've been talking about, like, we don't know how far we want to go. Like the going through that journey, it's definitely more of a conversation Mm -hmm. versus someone who like your mom, I mean, sure. They probably had the conversation, like financially, are we ready? Like emotionally, mentally and all that, but it's so much more of a journey whenever you're having to think about infertility. Exactly. I, I think it's just like you, it's, it's very stressful. Mm-hmm. And when you see these people and honestly, like I try to cheer my friends on, like I'm happy for them when they have wins. But when like I've seen stuff on Facebook and like, I know this sounds terrible, but every time I seen a pregnancy announcement on Facebook, like I just want to delete my social media because I would cry because it was like all these people are just getting pregnant around me. And I'm like, how, how is it them? Like, when's my turn? Yeah, it would be really hard to celebrate with someone while you're grieving the exact thing that they're Mm -hmm. celebrating. 
and it's like you don't want you know you don't want to be rude to them like you want right. to say like you know I'm happy for you but at the same time it's like it's so hard for you to be happy for them and I know it sounds terrible but it is no mm-hmm. I I understand I think it's that way with like a lot of you know different things but I think that's allowed and, and I think that's why having the conversation more often and women feeling like they can share without feeling embarrassed or being made, that's why that's important because if we, you know, normalize this process, having to go through it a little bit more then maybe people will handle it better. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's just normalizing like struggle in general, yeah. not with just infertility, but like just lots of things in motherhood, mm-hmm. how everything looks different. Mm-hmm. Two people could be trying to go to get to the same destination, but their path is going to look different no matter what and how we have to like celebrate and, you know, support each other in that no matter what. Well, keep us updated with your journey. We would love to support you in it. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Mother Together podcast. If you want to hang out with us in real life, join our Facebook group, Mother Together. Go to Facebook, search Mother Together in groups, click join and make sure to answer those questions. See you in the group. group.